Uh, no, not yet. Hello and welcome to the International Soccer Podcast by Canada Soccer Files. I'm Kevin. And I'm Kiara. Today we are doing Group B of African Cup 2023 qualifying, which is already underway. Yeah, and I'm happy to have you uh, uh, with me here, Kiara. And uh, we did actually do a series on teams of the African Cup 2021 uh, earlier this year. Uh, it actually took place in January 2022. So we'll be changing our format a little bit as a result. Uh, rather than repeating what we podcasted there, uh, we'll be providing a link in the show notes or in the show description, as well as the time at which, which each team is discussed in that podcast. So um, interested listeners can go to soccerfiles.captivate.fm or just look us up on Soccer Files Canada. And we'll repeat the address slowly at the end there. And you can click on the links in the show notes to uh, bring up that podcast if you want a little more details about uh, the teams. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that information will be a more detailed World Cup overview um, and a detailed look at the finals of the African Cup tournaments, uh, which we'll only cover briefly here. This time, we'll be focusing on African Cup qualifying campaigns and recent history. For teams that were not covered in the earlier set of podcasts, we'll give a more complete history here. Right. So let's look at the, uh, the three sections of the podcast that we'll cover. So the first section is kind of a... Oh, uh, uh, you tell us about part one. Sure. Here. Yeah, part one. Um, we're going to look at who is in the group, which pot they come from, and some geographical information about each country. Right. Okay. And then part two is a, a team by team uh, overview with a quick review of their participation and major achievements, uh, an overview of their African Cup history, and a deep dive into their African Cup qualifying history. And then we'll do a summary and uh, try to give a sense of their recent form. Uh, added to that, we're going to have a brief look at players, uh, especially the ones that have been scoring for the for them. Yeah. And then in part three, we'll end with a comparison of the teams through their head-to-head -head meetings and their FIFA and ELO rankings. And this will launch us into a discussion of their prospects and predictions. And thrillingly, we can check how accurate we are by checking the first two sets of the six-set qualification, which took place in June. Uh, one of us hasn't looked at the results, and so specific predictions can be made and then checked. Right. And uh, you you know the results, Kiera, but I you. don't. Great. And then again, at the end, we'll provide the links uh, for those who, who want to delve into the more history on the teams that uh, we covered earlier. So I'm wearing a, a Cardiff shirt, uh, kind of betraying my lack of African shirts, but I hope to, uh, to add African shirts to my collection. But I figured uh, Cape Verde is blue, so I went with the blue. Nice connection. All right. Well, let's take a look at the teams uh, coming in, introduce the teams and what pot they come from. Oh, uh, do you want to do that? Uh, go for it. You oh, okay. No, that's me. Uh, okay, so Burkina Faso is the uh, is the first team. They came out of pot one. And Cape Verde came out of pot two. It's Togo from pot three. And Eswatini, who won their, their uh, preliminary round qualification, uh, came out of pot four. And your part is giving us a little uh, geographical information on each country, right? Yes, I'll do that. So, okay. um, yeah, we'll start with Burkina Faso. So it's a country in West Africa uh, known as Upper Volta before 1984. Uh, in terms of size, it's about 274,000 kilometers. Um, so it's the 29th out of 54 in Africa. So it's similar in size to New Zealand. Um, and it has a population of about 21 million as of 2020. So the 19th largest in Africa. Great. All right. Let's move on to Cape Verde. Mm -hmm. So Cape Verde is a group of islands off the west coast of Africa. Um, in terms of land size, it's only about 4,000 kilometers. So 173rd in the world and 50th out of 54 in Africa. Um, so quite small, um, falling between Trinidad and Luxembourg in terms of, of size and world rankings. Uh, in terms of population, it's got 560,000 people. So the second smallest in Africa. Um, and 29th smallest in the world. Yeah, and they're uh, heavily influenced by Portugal. A lot of their players 
play in Portugal, actually. How about Togo? Uh, so Togo, Togo was kind of a thin sliver of a country, also in uh, the west of Africa. Um, in terms of land size, it's about uh, 56,000 kilometers, square kilometers, and that's uh, 41st in Africa. So one of the smaller countries there as well. And it has a population of 7.9 million as of 2021. So 34th out of 58. All right, cool. And uh, the last one is uh, Eswatini. Yeah, so Eswatini was formerly known as Swaziland until 2018 when it had that name change. And this is a tiny country in the southeast of Africa, um, kind of surrounded by by South Africa. Um, it's um, 17,000 square kilometers, so 48th out of 54 in Africa. So lots of lots of small countries in this group. Um, and then population is about 1.16 million uh, as of 2020, so 49th um, smallest in terms of population in Africa. Cool. Now you took a trip to Africa before uh, before COVID hit. I did. What, what, what countries yeah. did you hit? Pardon. What countries did you visit? I was in Zimbabwe, Botswana, and Namibia and South Africa. So I didn't hit any of the ones here, but I'd love to go back and, and check out some of these ones. Oh, cool. That sounds like a great trip. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, let's look at them in terms of uh, uh, comparison. So uh, any observations there? Um, like I said, just a lot a lot of small countries um, in this group uh, and smaller populations. Um, yeah, yeah. size and, and number of people. Sorry, I think I put you on the spot a bit there. But um, yeah, Burkina Faso, uh, as far as this goes, uh, quite a bit the biggest country. Yeah. And uh, Cape Verde and Eswatini seem to be two of the very smallest countries in Africa. It seems like Cape Verde coming from pot two kind of punches above their weight, hey? Yeah, I, I think so. Right. All right, well, let's move on to the team by team. Uh, the team by team discussion and we'll start with Burkina Faso who we did do in uh, in January of 2021 so you can go back and get uh, more details on them if you want but let's start with a nickname yeah Burkina Faso are known as Les Etalons or the Stallions um, and I'll pass it over to you to talk about their history okay well uh, they yeah we'll begin with their participation and achievements so they began qualifying as Kiera said as uh, Upper Volta for the African Cups uh, before 1984. Uh, that was in 1968 was their first World Cup qualification. And um, I think it was 78 for the African Cup. No, 1968 for the African Cup and 1978 for the World Cup. So uh, participation, though, was inconsistent in both Cups until the mid-90s. Uh, they entered only two of the five World Cups before 1998 and six of the 14 African Cups. Uh, from 1996, though, they've been participating consistently uh, in both. How have they done in terms of achievement, Kiera? Um, well, despite being part of qualifying, they have never reached the World Cup. Um, and they qualified for only one of those six African Cup entries before 1996, that being in 1978. Um, but they have qualified quite consistently since, missing only three of the 13 versions from 1996 to 2019. Um, their best result was second place in 2013, um, but more significant is top four finishes in three of the last five editions. Wow. And that's a result they had only otherwise achieved when they hosted in 1998. All right. So they're in good form uh, recently, in African Cup at least. Yeah. Uh, now, we are going to skip their, uh, their uh, kind of uh, World Cup overview. You can go back to the previous podcast um, if you want to listen to that. And we're just going to look at their recent campaigns in World Cup qualifying, uh, or the, the most recent campaign, their 2022 uh, campaign. Do you want to take us through that, Kiera? Yeah. Um, so in the 2022 World Cup, qualifying they received a buy in a round one of three which is a preliminary round so um, they were one of about 30 teams that got a buy as only the bottom 28 ranked teams are required to play that first round right um when they were playing their games they tied favorites algeria twice uh but proved a little less consistent against the weaker teams so they had a draw at home to niger um and they uh, finished second in that round, um, in round two of three. 
Yeah, second uh, second place finish, a bit disappointing, but Algeria had won the 2019 uh, African Cup, so they were obviously the pot one team there. I mean, they went undefeated, but maybe two draws at home um, or too many draws kind of got them in the end, hey? Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to uh, African Cup, which is our main focus here. And again, we're going to skip the uh, kind of the long history or the overview because that can be found in the previous podcast we did on them. And we're going to focus on um, African Cup qualifying in detail. That's our deep dive here. So they first entered qualification in 1968, but they withdrew from the following two editions. And 1978 was their first qualification for the Cup. I mean, their first qualification campaign. Uh, but that was only the result of Ivory Coast being disqualified. Uh, oh, sorry. No, that was a successful qualification. And they made it because Ivory Coast was disqualified. Uh, it was only in 1982 that they earned their first point, a home tie with Algeria, having lost to them uh, 0-7 in, in Algeria. So uh, kind of a Pyrrhic victory there. And by the end of the 80s, they had participated in five cups, but withdrawn or not participated in seven. So 1990 marked a shift in two ways. Uh, their participation became more consistent, uh, a withdrawal in 1994 being their only failure to complete qualification, but also a shift in terms of improved performance. So 1990 gave them their first win, and in 1992, they were competitive in a group with Ghana and Nigeria, going undefeated at home. And 1996 began a string of regular successful qualifications for the Cup. Uh, there, they won a competitive group over Ivory Coast and Morocco. And in 1998, they qualified by dint of uh, hosting. Ironically, their first good performance in the Cup since 1998 came after one of their weakest qualifications. Uh, they traded home wins with Central African Republic, that's one of the weakest teams in Africa, uh, in the final round of qualification, having received buys up to that point, and they got through only on goal difference. In that 1998 Cup, though, uh, they reached a final for their best result ever. Uh, strong qualifying performances continued, and they haven't lost at home since 2010. Uh, 2017 saw another top-four finish, uh, which made uh, what happened in 2019 a shock. And we're going to look at that shock now. We'll cover the last two African Cups in detail. Uh, do you want to talk about 2019? Yeah, so... What, what was the shock? Well, it was a ghastly result. Um, they failed to qualify for the expanded tournament from a weak group that they seemed sure to win. Um, the performance was not that bad, winning all the games at home, but a weak road record um, earned them only a draw against Botswana to give that team their only point um, and was less consistent than Angola and Mauritania, who finished ahead, leading them third in the qualifying group. Wow, yeah, they finished behind Angola and Mauritania um, and were out of the cup. I think they were the only kind of big name that didn't uh, didn't make it to the expanded cup. Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's see if they did any better in 2021. Um, in So 2021, they started qualifying with a home draw with third place Uganda and tied them again away. Um, but we're consistent, if not you know, really convincing otherwise. Um, they w went undefeated um, and tying in Malawi, who advanced with them and beating South Sudan twice to finish first in their qualifying group. Right. Obviously, the, the better road record there made the difference. Yeah, for sure. All um, right. Let's move on to the group stage then. So, um, yeah, in the tournament, um, they lost to host Cameroon, but beat... Cape Verde and tied Ethiopia to play second in the group stage. Um, and then from there, they beat Gabon in an 18 penalty shootout and also beat Tunisia. Uh, so this took them to the semifinal where they lost to eventual champion Senegal um, and also lost to host Cameroon, um, facing them a second time. 
where they went up three goals by the 47th minute, but eventually lost in a penalty shootout to finish fourth in the tournament. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, that game with Gabon, you mentioned they went to uh, 18 penalties. There's another big number in that game, 15 yellow cards. Wow, that's shocking. Yeah, um, and I think there was, um, uh, yeah, they were, Gabon was a man down, uh, but they scored an extra time goal at 90 plus one to uh, push the game to extra time. So a really exciting game, uh, a really exciting game there. And we look at some of the players. I remember some of the players uh, from having watched that African Cup. Uh, but uh, are there, is there any kind of patterns you notice in the players there, Kiera? Um. I think uh, it seems like Erisid Bantz and Bertrand Traore seem to be their main scorers. Um, but I don't see them necessarily scoring in later competitions. Uh, yeah, actually, um, uh, it's it's. I wasn't expecting them to do as well as they did because they were losing a few of their big names. So Aristide Bantz is a really interesting character, um, kind of a, a, a clumsy uh, player who who gets things done and uh, Jonathan Petropia uh, especially uh, losing those players made me worry about how well they were going to do in the cup but they do have Bertrand Traore who uh, plays in England I don't think he scored in the um, in the African Cup but he was very influential uh, but one of the players that stood out uh, was Dango Watara he actually uh, got a red card for for um their last game i think it was i'll just check here yeah so he wasn't available for the uh he wasn't available for the game against senegal which was really too bad in the semi-finals but uh he was kind of an outstanding player even though he scored just one goal and i can't help but mention um the what nominative determinism of uh Stopira. Uh, he's actually on the scoreboard a couple of times here, but uh, as as his name suggests, he's he is a defender, um, which is uh, which is kind of funny. Uh, but they really do have a lot of good players, and um, uh, they look pretty good going forward because a lot of those players are kind of uh, young. Another guy who made an impression in the uh, in the African Cup was Edmund Tapsoba. So. Uh, pretty strong in defense there. Shall we move on? I think so. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's go to a summary and uh, of their performance, and then you're going to take us through kind of their, their recent form. So they were really weak before 1996 was Burkina Faso, and they entered less than half of the tournaments. Uh, some improvement was evident from 1992, but they were uh, a wildly inconsistent team. In 1998, they came fourth in the African Cup, hosting admittedly helping there, but uh, they lost all games in their World Cup qualifying group. Uh, another example is their general dissimilarity between African Cup and World Cup qualifying. Uh, they're a lot weaker in World Cup qualifying, although not so much recently. And finally, uh, though qualifying campaigns were strong from 1992, they were pretty weak in cups. Recently, uh, that's become either weak or else finishing in the top four of tournaments. So they range from one to the other, but less and less as time goes on. Yeah, they, they are becoming definitely more consistent in recent times. Um, and the World Cup campaigns are starting to match their African Cup qualifications. So they are due to reach a World Cup. Uh, having come close in three campaigns from 2010 to 2018. Um, but their failure to qualify for the 2019 African Cup, an expanded edition no less, is a flashback to that inconsistency you talked about. Um, but finishing Final Four in three of the last five African Cups is putting them among the top teams in Africa. Yeah, they're one of the, one of the teams I really like. All right, well, that brings us to the end of uh, Burkina Faso, and we will move on to... Uh, Cape Verde. So uh, starting with their participation and achievements, they're a relatively new team, first entering World Cup qualification in 2002, and uh, 
but they participated consistently since. Their first entry in the African Cup was in 1994, but they missed the next two after that uh, and only became consistent in participation from 2000 onward. And uh, they participated consistently, uh, yeah, so basically in both Cups since uh, 2000. How about their achievements, uh, Kiera? Uh, well, they've never reached the World Cup, and their first successful successful African Cup qualification was in 2013, um, and they did very well, actually reaching the quarterfinals. That's right, and they reached the Cup uh, after that too in 2015, uh, getting knocked out in the first round there, but we'll take a, a closer look at that and how they've done more recently. But let's uh, take a look at how they did in the recent World Cup qualifying campaign. Mm -hmm. So in the, the 2022 qualifying, um, they also received a bye in that first preliminary round, um, being not one of the bottom 28 ranked teams. Um, and then they did excellently on the road, going undefeated, tying Nigeria and Central African Republic and beating Liberia. Uh, their only loss was at home to Nigeria, but they won the other for a commanding second place finish behind wow. Nigeria in round two of three. Pretty good. Yeah, I just want to comment on their games against Liberia. So uh, they scored the winning goal in that away leg uh, in injury time at 90 plus two. And then at home, uh, the single goal that they won on came at, at 90. So poor Liberia there suffering two late goals. All right, let's move on. Uh, again, we're going to skip the uh, African Cup overview for Cape Verde. You can refer to the previous podcast for that. And we're going to go right to their African Cup uh, qualifying uh, in detail. So uh, in early African Cups, they were knocked out at the preliminary stage until 2004 uh, by Guinea-Bissau in 1994, Mali in 2000, and Liberia in 2002. Uh, there were no preliminary rounds from 2004, uh, and they were competitive with Kenya and Togo despite a third-place finish that year. Uh, they were undefeated at home in 2008, but they finished bottom of the group, um, tying twice at home and losing all on the road. After that, they finished near the bottom of the qualifying group. Uh, 2012 saw an improvement where they fell just short of the cup, winning all home games and tying with Mali um, on top of losing uh, and tying with Mali, who finished on top, but they lost out on their head-to-head -head goal difference. This foreshadowed them reaching the, the cup in 2013, and they, they reached the next cup in 2015 again, winning all home games there. But after two qualifications in a row, they failed in 2017. Uh, they were one of the few second-place finishers not to advance. And the cause of that was a home loss to Libya um, on a goal at 90 in the final game. So just missed out uh, there. Uh, let's see how they've done since the Cup expanded to 24 teams in 2019. Um, so... The, despite this expanded, they it was a terrible result for them. Uh, they finished last, last in their qualifying group um, that they seemed sure to advance from. Their only win was at home to Tanzania, um, though they lost away to them in the next game. They tied the ostensibly weak Lesotho twice, uh, but finished behind them, having lost both games to group winners Uganda. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Tanzania and Lesotho are pretty weak teams, and uh, they must have been disappointed with that. Yeah. Okay, well, let's see if they recovered in 2021. Um, better. <laughs> they went undefeated in qualification and even bested Cameroon, uh, mm. but it was only good enough for a second-place finish in the qualifying group. Um, Cameroon was the only team they beat at home, tying last-place Mozambique there and third-place Rwanda home and away. Interesting. Uh, oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah, it just seemed like too many ties uh, was uh, the reason they finished second rather than first. Yeah, it seems to be. Um, they did beat Ethiopia in the tournament opener, um, then lost to Burkina Faso and tied host Cameroon to finish third in the group stage, which was enough for an advancing spot. Um, but they then lost to the eventual champion Senegal in the round of 16. 
Right, yeah. So Ethiopia was a bit unfortunate there. They took a red card just 12 minutes in and, uh, you know, already being kind of a weak team, they didn't uh, have much of a chance after that. Uh, and we see actually that they were tied for uh, uh, second place with Burkina Faso. The reason they finished third was um, in their head-to-head -head game, um, uh, Burkina Faso did uh, better. Bikini Faso won. And uh, just a comment on that round of 16 game with Senegal. Uh, there was really poor refereeing in that game with a, a questionable red card to Cape Verde just 21 minutes in. And then another outrageous one uh, following a terrible clash of heads uh, at 57 minutes of the game. So uh, Senegal, who despite winning the tournament, were pretty poor in this game. Uh, uh, scored two goals against the nine-man um, Cape Verde. Uh, they got those goals at 63 and finally got uh, uh, a second goal at 90 plus two in injury time. So a bit unfortunate there uh, for Cape Verde in the cup. Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's take a look uh, at their players. And um, I'm just going to reduce the graphic size for our YouTube listeners. Uh, do you notice any patterns there, Kiera? Um, for main scorers, we have Gary Mendez Rodriguez and Julio Tavares um, are the two that are standing out to me. Uh, yeah, and that's, uh, that's pretty much it, their forward line. Um, earlier, we see uh, Ryan Mendez's name, but uh, he, he kind of was their top forward uh, for a while, but he's 32 years old now, so maybe uh, kind of aging out. Uh, and in fact, all of them are in their 30s, so it looks like they're going to have to uh, uh, going to have to find some some uh, new talent here. And I think I made a mistake last time. I was talking about Stopira as a Burkina Faso player, but he's actually a, a Cape Verde player. So transfer all of those comments down to here. Let's move on to a summary and uh, an overview of their um, form, recent performance. So in summary, their history is short, but one of steady improvement uh, to at least 2013. Their improving record has been partially due to a really strong home form, which a lot of African teams have, uh, where they can even trouble, uh, uh, regularly trouble big teams. Still, their two cups in a row was something of an overachievement as 2017 and 2019, uh, where they quailed, failed to qualify, showed. But with the cup expanding to 24 teams, uh, they do kind of come into the range of qualifying more regularly as they did in 2021. Yeah, passing that group stage in 2013 and, and 2021 was an overachievement. Um, doing so as a third place finish in 2021 was uh, evidence of that. Um, but reaching the expanded African Cup is well within their means and failing to do so in 2019 was a disappointment. Good campaigns in 2021 and in 2022 World Cup qualifying um, show them to be in a good period. That's right. Okay, well, that ends our look at Cape Verde and we move on to uh, Togo. So do we have a nickname for Togo, Kiara? Uh, we do. They are um, Les Eperviers or the Sparrowhawks. Right. Okay, the Sparrowhawks. Uh, let's take a look at their participation. Uh, they first entered World Cup qualification in 1974. And uh, they withdrew from two tournaments in a row in 1986 and 1990, but they participated regularly otherwise. Uh, they first joined the African Nations Cup in 1968 and participated fairly consistently, withdrawing three times in 1974, 1990, and 1994. And uh, they were also disqualified in 2010. Uh, yeah, let's take a look at their achievements. Um, so they reached the World Cup in 2006, which was a surprise since they um, usually do well to reach the final round. Um, it was the peak strong period as they, they did reach the final round four times in a row at that around that time. Um, that period also accounts for four of their eight appearances at the African Cup. However, the only time that they passed the group stage was outside that period in 2013. 
Um, and a key figure in their success was star Emmanuel Adebayor, whose international career stretched from 2000 to 2019. Wow. Uh, still, I guess, finished now, but that's a long 20-year history. Okay, in the case of Togo, we are going to uh, overview their World Cup history because uh, we didn't... Uh, they weren't part of the uh, African Cup earlier this year. So let's take a look at their World Cup history. Um, and qualifying for the 2006 World Cup was the achievement, uh, was an amazing achievement. And it hardly matters that they lost all their games once there. Their 1998 and 2002 campaigns, though, had shown growing, growing strength. Apart from a preliminary round over, uh, sorry, apart from a preliminary round win over Senegal in 1978, they counted their success in terms of home game upsets, and they were weak in general, earning no points in their 1994 campaign. Uh, 1998 was headed that way, um, but after losing the first four games, they earned points in their last two, and they finished tied on points with Zimbabwe, though still in last place. But uh, the tail end of that 1998 campaign um, uh, bled into 2002, which was much better. Uh, they finished uh, at the bottom of a tight middle pack. Those uh, improvements in no way predicted 2006, though, which was... Uh, which was a much bigger achievement. Uh, they lost only the first of the 10 games in that qualification run, and they finished ahead of Senegal and Zambia. Uh, since then, they've remained strong at home, but they've slid, uh, slid backwards, uh, finishing third in the final round in 2010, and then not even reaching the final round uh, since then. And we'll take a look at their most recent campaign in uh, 2022. Yeah, so they were among that bottom 28 ranked teams that were required to play that first round on that preliminary knockout round. Uh, the FIFA ranking was 128, um, while Comoros was ranked 146, uh, but they did tie Comoros, who had recently surprised by qualifying for the 2021 African Cup um, in that, uh, so they... Um, yeah, tied in that first leg away and then won at home to advance over them. Uh, so they came in as the fourth seed and were the only one to take points from group winner Senegal, tying them at home. Uh, overall, though, they did not do well at home, otherwise tying Congo there. Um, but they did well on the road, beating both second seed Congo and Namibia. Um, though far behind Senegal, um, they did finish second in round two of three. Yeah, that's a good result. Um uh the fact that they're in a preliminary round and coming in as a 4c kind of shows how far they've fallen from 2006 but uh, this also shows that they still have a bit of steam in them and they can surprise even on the road this time which really is a surprise okay well we are focusing a bit more on the african cup here so let's take uh, first a quick overview of their African Cup history and then a deep dive into their qualifying. Yeah, so for the overview, um, they have qualified eight times for the African Cup. Um, two of these were in 1972 and 1984. Um, and then in a good period, four out of the five were from 1998 to 2006. Uh, they were disqualified, however, in 2010 after having qualified. Um, they reached it again in 2013 and 2017. And then in 2006, which was the year they reached the World Cup, um, was the only time they ever lost all three games. Um, and then 2013 was the only time that they've passed the group stage. All right. Let's take a look at their uh, qualifying. Uh, their long history begins in 1968, and they've been fairly consistent, as we said, in participation, uh, withdrawing from only three of the 25 additions to 2021 and being disqualified in 2010, although they did reach the cup that year. Uh, apart from a group stage in 1968, qualification consisted of single pairings uh, that that went up until 1992, those, um, uh, those uh, knockout stages. And they usually tied or even won at home, uh, going beyond the first round about half the time until 1998, sorry, until 1988, and even reaching the cup in 1972 where they beat out Dahomey, which is now called Benin, and Ghana, uh, and in 19, 
84, the, uh, where they won three rounds of qualification to uh, reach the cup. 1992, as I said, was the first group stage. Um, uh, they finished second last there, and then they finished last in 1996, withdrawing in 1994. Uh, but they rose unexpectedly in 1998 to win their group and reach the cup. 2000 was less convincing, but they reached it again for a third straight time in 2002. Uh, and in 2002, they finished first in qualifying over Senegal, the same team that they would win the group over in 2006 to reach the World Cup. Uh, but the win in, in 2002 uh, came as a shock. Uh, sorry, the, the, the win in 2006 of the World Cup group came as a shock. But we can see uh, in this deep dive that it's been foreshadowed both in World Cup and in African Cup qualification. They did fall short of the cup in 2004, beaten out by Kenya. Um, but it was that uh, 2006 World Cup qualification run that earned them passage into the African Cup that year. Uh, but 2006 ended a run of four out of five cups in a row and kind of ended their strongest period. They were competitive in 2008 and actually they made the cup in 2010 but they were disqualified before the cup began. Uh, their bus was shot up on the way to traveling to uh, Angola. They were traveling through the dangerous Cabinda region. And uh, at first there was a lot of sympathy for them, but later they were kind of blamed for uh, poor decisions. Uh, apparently driving through Cabinda is never a good idea. And they were kind of told not to do that and to take an airplane instead. So it's a bit of a sad story there in 2010. Uh, 2012 saw them finish fourth of five in a group behind Malawi, but always unpredictable. They reached the cup in 2013. Uh, there they beat Gabon in a quick qualification system, um, returning to a knockout uh, format. Uh, back to a group format in 2015, though, they finished last that year, but then finished second in 2017 to reach the cup again. So always up and down, you never know what you're going to get uh, with Togo. Let's see how they've done in the last two campaigns. Yeah, in their 2019 campaign, um, they did come last in a qualifying group um, that they came into as the pot two team. So a disappointing um standing there. there yeah, yeah. Um, they tied second place Benin at home and bested Gambia but finished behind them and the group winners Algeria to whom they lost twice yeah as I say it's it's hard to know uh, what you're going to get with Togo and we'll see that when we get to the predictions for this cup but how about 2021 um, 2021 they lost all their games at home but they did tie Kenya who finished third um, and four-seeded Comoros, uh, who surprisingly finished second. Um, they also lost both to group winner Egypt, um, so they did finish last in the qualifying group again. Yeah, and losing all at home is uh, is um, pretty bad. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll just take a quick look at their players uh, here. We can see... Uh, oh, oh, is there anything you noticed there, uh, Kiara? Truthfully, I not don't know many of their players um yeah brought back to you uh we can see emmanuel adebayor uh, right at the end of his career there i, I think that may have been the last goal he scored because uh, i don't even think he finished uh, uh qualification with the team and uh, they do have a couple of veterans um uh, a couple of veterans in floyd aiti and um uh, a couple of familiar names, but of course, uh, the ones who were most outstanding in 2006 are, are all probably retired now. So they're kind of rebuilding and uh, not rebuilding that well, it seems. I'm just uh, I'm just looking for that Kojo Fodolaba because that's a familiar name to me. So, um, but it looks like he may not have uh, played for the team recently because i can't find him on the roster uh, he's in the 2019 african cup qualifying 
Yeah, uh, um, I'm looking on the the website now, and his name oh, yeah. is popping up, which usually indicates that they haven't played in the last year or so. Yeah. So, um, uh, oh yeah, he's in 2022. Oh, he's uh, yeah, he's there. Again. Also scored a goal. And uh, Uloji Plakafes, who scored three of their goals, three of their six goals in in 2022 World Cup qualifying. So he may be an up and coming name. Um, he's just oh, he's 27 years old, so not so up and coming as all that. Okay, well let's finish off with um, uh, let's finish off with a summary and a view of their recent form. Um, and in summary, uh, looking back, 1998 to 2006 was their peak period of strength, capped by an unlikely appearance at the World Cup. Uh, the success, which continued sporadically until 2017, included their only trip past the group stage of the Cup in 2013, and it rested largely on the influence of star Emmanuel Adebayor, uh, although, in, in fairness, it did start before his time, that period of strength. Uh, there's much drama, sadly, based on their many problems, um, more in line with a third-tier African nation. Uh, they've had issues about paying, uh, paying players and managers quitting in frustration. Uh, and I mentioned the drama of their bus being shot up uh, on the way to the finals in Angola. And uh, they were actually disqualified uh, from the cup because of that. And uh, in 2017, another sad story, uh, which saw their goalkeeper having to return home uh, from the cup after it was shot up. His house was shot up following a poor performance uh, in a game there. So uh, a lot of drama surrounding Togo. Mm hmm yeah, and uh, as we've mentioned, they have suffered the, that slow but steady decline um, from their 2006 World Cup glory, um, which and their success has been hampered by those many problems. Um, they have had success in spurts through African Cup appearances in 2013 and 2017. Um, so overall, they are unpredictable with some competitive qualifying campaigns interspersed with some weak ones. Uh, and that continues to today with those last place finishes in the 2019 and 2021 African Cup qualifying, followed by a second place finish um, in their 2022 yeah, World Cup. Yeah, so campaign. always uh, continuing to surprise there. Okay, we'll move on now to the last team, uh, Eswatini. And do we have a nickname for them? We do. Now, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right, but it's uh, Silengu Semnikati, which translates to the King's Shield or the Shield of His Majesty. Oh, well done there. All right. Well, we'll begin with uh, a look at their participation history uh, under the name of Swaziland, which uh, Kiera mentioned earlier on. Uh, they first entered World Cup qualifying in 1994, and they participated consistently uh, that's not the case in African Cup qualification, which began earlier in 1986, but where they only completed three of the eight editions from 1984 to 1998, withdrawing twice from that period and then a third time in uh, 2013. Uh, how have they done in terms of achievement, Kiara? Um, they haven't qualified for any cup um, and they usually lose in the preliminary round. So. Um, not much to talk oh, about in that way so yeah. far. <laughs> That's too bad. Okay, well, again, these guys were not covered in the uh, 2022 African Cup or the 2020, the African Cup earlier this year. So let's take a look at their uh, World Cup history. And uh, they've never passed the first round of World Cup qualification. Uh, they looked good in 1994 and 2010. In 1994, it was a win over Zaire which is now uh, Congo, uh, Democratic Republic of Congo. And uh, they got a tie with Cameroon in 1994. And it was similar in 2010 when they beat Togo and tied Zambia. However, uh, road losses prevented their progress every time. Uh, let's see uh, how they did in the recent uh, 2022 campaign. Yeah, so in that World Cup um, qualifying, they, they were among the bottom 28 ranked teams that had to play that first round. 
um, that preliminary knockout round uh, because their FIFA ranking was uh, 139. Um, and Djibouti was ranked third from the bottom at 195. And yet they did lose in the first leg uh, in Djibouti um, and only managed a goalless draw at, in the home leg. So they were eliminated in the preliminary knockout. Wow, that is a, a bad loss. I mean, I think Djibouti are, are actually getting a little better. But um, right now, they're still considered one of the very weakest teams. So a bit of a shame uh, to lose to Djibouti. Let's move on to the African Cup. And uh, uh, we are, are going to cover their uh, history here in an overview. Do you want to handle that, Kiara? Sure. Um, yeah, they, they have really only had two competitive qualifications in the African Cup. In 2004, where they finished a competitive third, and in 2017, where they finished in second. Um, though usually competitive at home, it's often uh, in the form of draws, which leads them finishing in the bottom half of the groups uh, or losing uh, two teams. Um, yeah. Knockouts, yes. yeah. Um, sometimes, though, um, they're just simply weak, uh, finishing behind Eritrea in 2008, losing all six games in 2012, and withdrawing in 2013. Uh, their most competitive campaign came in 2017, uh, and we'll look at that in more detail below. Right. Thanks, Kiera. And uh, we are going to look uh, at their qualifying history in detail. So uh, 19, uh, 1992 was arguably uh, a third competitive campaign. Kiera mentioned the other two. Uh, but in 1992, they beat group winner Zambia, but a draw with Angola left them out of contention to the point where they didn't even bother playing their last game in that group. Uh, prior to that, they had been thrashed by Zimbabwe home and away in their first campaign in 1986, and they got past Tunisia. Uh, sorry, got past Tanzania in the first round in 1990, tying twice and advancing on penalties uh, before they were knocked out by Malawi in the following round. Uh, the arguably, arguably competitive 1992 was not followed up and they didn't participate in the following three editions, but they returned in 2000 uh, only to be quickly knocked out in early rounds by Madagascar and then by Kenya in 2002. In 2004, though, they beat Libya and they tied Congo DR at home as well as besting Botswana, but it only earned them third place uh, only earned them third place in the group and only the top team advanced, so a bit far from uh, actually reaching it there. Uh, the 2006 and 2010 uh, African Cups uh, were actually based on World Cup campaigns that year, World Cup qualifying, and uh, they finished too low in those groups to, to reach those Cups, uh, while 2008 in the middle saw them finish last in a group uh, with a surprisingly strong Eritrea. 2012 marks a low point, losing all games in an admittedly tough group with Ghana, Sudan, and Congo. Uh, they withdrew in 2013, and they were knocked out in a preliminary with Sierra Leone before turning in their best result in 2017. So Kiera uh, said that we would look at that in more detail. So this is it. Uh, they went undefeated at home um, and winning in Guinea, uh, uh, in Guinea, away in Guinea, I mean. They finished second behind Zimbabwe. That probably would have qualified them for the expanded cup in 2019, but it wasn't enough in 2017. But let's see if they could build on that success when the cup was expanded to 24 teams. Um, yeah, so in 2019, um, they this was when they had that name change from Swaziland to Eswatini during this campaign. Um, and in this, they um, earned only a single point in their opening game away in Niger. So they did finish last in the qualifying group. That's too bad. I mean, it looked like after the first game, they were picking up from 2017 uh, and then and then losing all games after that. Uh, too bad. How about 2021? Um, so they went in as not being one of the eight weakest teams that had to undergo a preliminary round, um, but they managed only a home draw with third place finishers Congo 
uh, until the last game where they earned a draw in Senegal, who had already sealed a first place finish. Um, they did unfortunately <laughs> lose to both Guinea-Bissau and they did finish last in the qualifying group. But yeah, anyway, they can walk away with the feather <laughs> of uh, of tying uh, Senegal, who actually won the cup in the end. So uh, they must have had a, a little party after that. Now we do have to cover uh, uh, 2023 qualifying because they actually played in a preliminary round. So they kind of had to uh, uh, earn their way into this group. Um, what happened there? Um, yeah, I'm actually going to let you talk about how that went for them. Oh, okay. Well, it was uh, it was a preliminary. I think the uh, not not. I think it was about 10 or 12 teams that had to play in the preliminary round and they were paired with uh, Somalia. So uh, they won uh, away three, nothing. So that was, that was pretty much decided. Uh, and they also won at home two one. So a pretty, uh, a pretty convincing qualification over Somalia and not a given because they had lost to similarly strength teams like Djibouti and, and Eritrea. So, uh, this this was probably a bit of a confidence inspiring uh, win. Let us um, take a quick look at players. Uh, actually, um, I really am not familiar with uh, these players because they've never been in a tournament. Uh, do you see any patterns there, Kiera? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see any repeated names in terms of scorers. Um, but what is standing out to me are three red cards. Oh yes. in uh, in what 2021 qualifying, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Red cards against Senegal, Congo and, uh, uh, Senegal right at the end of that last game with Senegal, where they managed to tie. <coughs> uh, I'm seeing that most of the players do play, uh, uh, locally. But they have a couple of forwards playing in, uh, well, one forward playing in South Africa, and one playing in Angola. So um, a pretty developing team there, uh, with not a lot of experience outside their country. Let's move on then to a summary and uh, a look at their recent form. So they do show some strength at home, usually in the form of ties. Uh, they challenge some of the best. Uh, there, including Nigeria and Cameroon. It's not consistent, though, and they also lose to lesser teams at home like Niger, uh, Sudan, and Madagascar. Uh, they've also been known to steal a tie on the road, uh, usually against weak or middling teams like Malawi or Angola, but we've, we've made a lot of their uh, biggest feather and away draw with Senegal in 2021. They have a single road win which was over Guinea in 2019, uh, but they've never earned a road point in World Cup qualification uh, until they thrashed Djibouti 6-0 in 2018, uh, though whatever glory that brought is soured by losing to Djibouti in the same preliminary knockout in 2022. Yeah, like you said, that competitiveness at home remains a factor. Um, and they were undefeated in their 2004 and 2020, uh, 2017 groups. Um, though not always as they lost all their games in 2012 and 2019. Um, so despite those couple of good road results in 2019 and 2021, especially that tie uh, with Senegal away, um, they were weak in these campaigns. And there can be no lower low than getting knocked out in the preliminaries by Djibouti in that 2022 World Cup qualifying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, but that convincing set over Somalia in 2023, um, that African Cup qualifying, is is perhaps a bit of lotion on that wound. Nice. Great. Okay, well, that ends part two, our uh, look at the individual team. So now we're going to uh, get into this uh, group and uh, compare them with each other a bit, beginning with their uh, current rankings. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so Burkina Faso is um, coming from pot one, and they're ranked 56 in their FIFA rankings and 68th in the ELO rankings. Right, okay. And uh, that's a big improvement from uh, around 2007 and 2008 when they were below 100. So uh, they have shown improvement over the over the. Uh, last 10 to 15 years how about cape verde um so cape verde is, is in pot two and they're ranked 71st uh in fifa rankings and 85th in elo 
All right, so about the same distance in both rankings behind Burkina Faso. They were also below 100 uh, around the same time in about 2008. Uh, so they've improved quite a bit over the over the years too. Uh, let's move on to pot three, Togo. Where do they stand? Um, so Togo is 121st in FIFA rankings and 115th with ELO. All right. And, uh, well, we can guess that they were a lot higher around 2006 and in that strong period uh, and have fallen since. Uh, and finally, uh, pot four, Eswatini. Yeah, so they are 146th in both FIFA and ELO rankings. Oh, okay, in both rankings. Okay, and I'm just going to summarize uh, here for our listeners, uh, especially. Uh, we tend to take the ELO rankings a bit more seriously than the FIFA rankings, so I'll give you those uh, in comparison. So Burkina Faso is 68, uh, Cape Verde is 85, Togo is 115, and Eswatini is 146. So, uh, and, and it's the same order in FIFA. So a pretty clear delineation uh, there. Uh, we'll move on to talking about their head-to-head -head record. Uh, do you want to just uh, give us the overview and then I'll maybe give some details? Sounds good. Um, so first, Burkina Faso versus Cape Verde. Um, Burkina Faso has the winning record with three wins, zero ties, and two losses. All right, and it's actually uh, it's actually a bit more convincing than that. Cape Verde won uh, uh, twice in their 2006 meeting, but they met recently in 2018 and 2021, and uh, Burkina Faso won all three uh, all three games. So Burkina Faso looking the stronger there. Um, yeah, in terms of Burkina Faso and Togo in head-to-head, -head, Burkina Faso is also coming out on top with uh, two wins, zero ties, and one loss. That's right. And uh, uh, those they first met in 1992, uh, which was quite a while ago, and exchanged uh, wins at home. But the more significant one is their 2013 meeting in the African Cup quarterfinal, uh, and Burkina Faso won that game won nothing, but it was in extra time. So a pretty uh, pretty tight battle there. Um, next comes Burkina Faso and Eswatini, and there's not much to report because they haven't played. Okay, well, let's move on to the next one then. Yeah, um, Cape Verde versus um, Togo. We have a um, one win, uh, no ties and one loss. Right, so they exchanged home wins, but that was way back in 2004, so uh, probably not that relevant here. Uh, how about the next one? Um, Cape Verde and Eswatini, um, we have a uh, one win, at one tie, and zero losses. For right, them. and their meeting was in 2006, uh, where Cape Verde bested Eswatini. And then the last one. Um, Togo versus Eswatini is a one win, zero tie, one loss. Right. And that meeting was in the 2010 World Cup qualification. Uh, and uh, uh, Togo lost 2-1 uh, in the away leg, but then came back to thrash Eswatini 6 nothing at home. So um, I, I think we can probably conclude that Togo is stronger than Eswatini. All right, well, let's move on to a bit of a discussion uh, about the uh, teams and, and uh, we'll make some predictions about the games that have happened so far. Yeah, so the rankings create a pretty clear delineation among the four teams um, in line with the pot numbers and the chances of things turning out that way are high. Um, Burkina Faso and Cape Verde are in good form and, and should at least form the top two, whereas Togo and Eswatini... Uh, they're in weaker form and both have been inconsistent. Um, they are capable of turning in a good performance and both uh, are strong at home, so are likely to take some points there. Right, yeah. And we've seen that uh, in rankings and in head-to-head, -head, Burkina Faso uh, looks a bit stronger than Cape Verde. Um, they were actually even in their head-to-head -head until Burkina Faso won in the group stage of the 2021 African Cup. But even before that, Burkina Faso's uh, two wins there in 2018 trumps the two wins that Cape Verde had in 2006. 
Um, Burkina Faso did lose actually in Togo in 1992, uh, which really points out the danger that uh, Togo pose at home. Uh, but we saw that they beat them in that 2013 uh, African Cup quarterfinal, although it did require extra time. But uh, Togo's quite a bit weaker since then, I think. And uh, Cape Verde also exchanged home wins with Togo, but they met in 2004. So, um, yeah, all of Togo's successes seem to come in the past, and we've seen they're fairly weak. So uh, I'm not really... Uh, holding out much hope for Togo other than the, the fact that they can surprise and Eswatini even more so um, you know they probably will get a couple of points at home and uh, the, their chances of surprising are not high but it is there so uh, I'm going to go with uh, my predictions am I ready to give my predictions or do you yeah. want to add no, let's hear them. Okay, so I'm going to go Burkina Faso first, Cape Verde second, Togo third, Eswatini fourth, and I think it would be a surprise if it finished uh, any other way, to be honest. Okay, now I'm excited about this next part because uh, I actually don't know what has happened in the first few games, uh, but you do. I so do. we can actually kind of predict uh, game by game here. So we have uh, Togo facing Eswatini at home first, right? Yeah, they played on June third. Okay, well, I am gonna uh, I'm gonna give Togo the nod there because they are at home. But both teams are very inconsistent. Uh, uh, especially Togo, I really can't rely on them. So um, I think there's an outside possibility of a chance. But to be honest, I think Eswatini are are too weak. So I'm gonna say. 2 nothing, or maybe 2-1 uh, for Togo. Okay. Well, the actual result, um, that inconsistency maybe came into play a little bit for Togo because it was a 2-2 tie. Ooh. Well, not a huge shock there, but a, a bit of a surprise. Mm -hmm. It would be kind of fun if Eswatini uh, is competitive in this group. And uh, Burkina Faso and Cape Verde is, is probably one of the most interesting games of the round. Uh, but Burkina Faso at home, I, I think, uh, will definitely, I think there's a really strong chance they'll win. I'm going to say 2 nothing Burkina Faso. You are absolutely right. 2 nothing. Oh. Yeah. Great. Uh, good, because I'm a kind of a fan of Burkina Faso, so I'm happy about that. All right. Well, that's the end of the first round. And uh, I guess those the, the next games were played a little bit later. I don't have the dates there. Uh, June 7th was the, oh. the second second set. So. Oh, okay. June 7th. And that had Eswatini at home to Burkina Faso. And again, Eswatini um, a bit stronger at home, but I don't think they'll be strong enough to beat Burkina Faso. So uh, I think it will be competitive, though. I'm going to say 2-1 Burkina Faso there. Um, you're right that Burkina Faso did, did pull off the win. It was actually 3-1. Oh, okay. So a little more convincing, but still fairly close. Yeah, that is a, a, a consistent result because yeah. especially in Africa, uh, home form is really important. So we do kind of sometimes see these upsets. Uh, Cape Verde and Togo. Uh, this might be an interesting game if it was in Togo, but I think uh, in Cape Verde, um, uh, it's definitely going to be a Cape Verde win. I'm going to say 2 nothing for Cape Verde. That's exactly the way it went. Oh. nothing win, yeah. Okay, well, I would call myself clever, uh, but really what's happened here is just things went according to expectation, apart from the first game. Uh, Togo tying at home mm -hmm. to Eswatini, uh, a, bit of a, a bit of a surprise. So, uh, can you uh, maybe tell us what the table looks like as it stands? Yeah. So, yeah, not hugely surprising. Burkina Faso is on top with six points, winning both their those first two games. Um, and then Cape Verde being uh, in second with um, three points. So one win and one loss there. And then um, tied with one point each is Eswatini and Togo. Um so. Yeah, tied, but I, I would actually, uh, you know, even though mathematically they might be tied, I would say Esrotini has the advantage because they won away. Yeah. 
and that's that's huge in africa all right well that brings us to the end of the podcast and uh, thanks so much for joining me kiera that was great happy to be here right and i once again remind listeners that uh, uh some of the things that we didn't talk about in this podcast uh is because they were covered in earlier podcasts in in uh, January, I think, December or January. And uh, we're going to put links in the uh, show notes or the show description and even tell you like when those things are being discussed uh, so that it'll be easy to access them. Uh, And you can find that information on our website. It is Soccer Files. That's Soccer uh, Files, but with a P-H. Uh, dot captivate dot fm but maybe an easier way to find it is to uh, type soccer files canada into the uh, google and i think we'll come up so again that soccer files with a ph and uh, thanks for joining me kiera hopefully we'll see you for one or two a bit later on i hope so okay all the best you too bye bye bye